Welcome back to the Great Time Podcast, everybody. You're here with Long Hose Jamesy. <laughs> you take the long hose already. Pretty fast, Jamesy. I had to get it this week. Back to the boardroom because of the forgotten credit card Brando. <laughs> you know, that took us an hour and a half to get out there on Monday, but took us 37 minutes to get out there yesterday. Of course, we took the freeway yesterday, and uh, with the convertible, we didn't want to be on the freeway. Right, right. Wife says her hair gets a little crazy. I have the same problem. <laughs> There's like three uh, three long ones right here. Yeah, so they, they get all tangled <laughs> up. Uh, it's a bad look. Head. It's a bad look. <laughs> well, Brando, after about a month of talking about the octopus and sharing gas problems. Let's spend another month. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to prep the people for month two. <laughs> no, I, I do have a good uh, good little story from the, the golden age of scuba. The gold, there was a golden age? The golden age of recreational diet. I would say like the, the 80s and 90s was kind of the golden age of people just getting certified and diving and the travel industry was booming and people were just like setting up uh, dive trips were going and people were is that the golden age though that's more that's like the age when it, it jumped the shark like the romance age to me was when like James Bond was making the cover of Time magazine in his scuba gear you know I would call I would call that the the, the height of the romantic age of, of right. diving yeah yeah that's what I consider the golden aspect of it is the the romance of it you know the reason or at least part of the reason I I was attracted to diving was that adventure the the whole archetype of uh, the working diver or the, the scuba diver. To me, you know, that was with Jacques Cousteau, of course, and he was at his height. And then you've got uh, Sea Hunt was at its height, and James Bond in the, in the diving movies was at the height of their popularity. Now, the kids listening today are going to say that's just when everybody was old. No, that's when everybody was that's young. When all the old pe- that's when all the old people were diving. We're, that's when they were young, then when they were your, their age. And that's, a, I mean, come on, you young people, get your heads out of your ass. You're, you're going to be old, so you can make fun of the old people. Or you can be like, oh, those motherfuckers did it right, because I'm like, well, what have you guys done except play on your Tamagotchis and fucking use the cell phones? <laughs> Sorry, spoken like are, a true right. old you, man. <laughs> you are right, because when I was in my 20s, I, I, I myself never thought I would be no, you approaching just, fifty. No, you criticized old people for whatever, and and I get it. See, we're I, different yeah. different generations and whatnot. But when I say golden age, I, I guess I don't mean that. When I say golden age, I mean like popular. Uh, popular. It's uh, everybody's making money. Everybody's like, oh, I'm getting into a, I'm getting into the dive business because you can get rich in the dive business. I become an instructor. I'm going to own a dive shop. <laughs> the people are they're, they're selling gear. They're making all kinds of gear. They're selling gear. The sales reps are like riding around in BMWs. Uh, everybody's making money. Like that's what I mean by the golden age. At the expense of the dive industry. And I and I think it, it was before Y2K hit. And uh, everybody had that fear approaching. Like the the late 90s, there was a little bit of a fear that came in. 
You sound like Y2K was a, a pandemic. Y2K was a built-up bullshit of like, oh, the whole world's going to end because the computers can't even conceive of the year 2000. It'll go to zero, zero. Or they'll all cave in. It'll self-destruct. Planes will be fly- falling out of the air. It'll be crazy. What happened? What happened? Do you know what happened? Uh, uh, Fucking nothing. 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 I had a I had a pantry full of yeah I know what happened I I had a I had a two year supply of uh, water in my in my pantry. It was classic, and I mean it's just like that with a whole lot of shit that gets pushed on us with that fear. Well, kind of well shit. let me finish. Let me finish. And I'm not also, even. I'm not even. Uh, so th- there was that. There was also you know the. Um, 9-11 it was hitting around this time when and then like everybody's changing about the ease of flying and going places and 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 uh insurance remember there's insurance issues oh you mean uh because those scuba instructors flew those planes into right the exactly towers so insurance jumped from 270 <laughs> a month or a year to you know 590 or whatever the fuck it went to and then when you call them what did they tell you james what they tell you Go on, put this out to the world to hear. They said 9-11. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> like that affects scuba insurance? How in the motherfuck? This is also right before the real big boom of the technical explosion, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the recreational agencies are still... You know, the driving, not even the driving force, they are the entire scuba industry. I mean, technical at this point is nothing. Maybe like 1% of not all even of the, the, 1%. Yeah, probably dude. not even. No, right. I'm going to guess it's like 0.2%. There were, technical divers just weren't out there. If they were, they weren't being covered in mainstream magazines. So you had a few scuba magazines popping up that covered only technical diving, and it started to grow those mid-90s. No, you're right. You're right. This is yeah. before... The internet really exploded. So, I mean, this is a day when when you wanted something for scuba, you were going to the dive shop. You know what I mean? Like, you weren't getting on the internet and surfing through websites full of, oh, I'm going to buy this. I'm gonna, like, that didn't exist. There weren't a ton of different web stores you could just go to and look for stuff. There was a couple of mail orders that you would still see in the back of Skin Diver magazine, but... Well, it was the birth of eBay, and eBay started to, you know, was a was a very popular place to get discounted scuba gear in the sense of used. eBay was only used stuff. Right. Nobody was selling anything new. But the introduction of the Internet into the mainstream culture, its effect on scuba diving, that's why you saw technical diving start to explode because most divers didn't know that it even kind of existed. They looked at that as the realm of the Navy or commercial diving, not the average Joe Schmo diver could get into technical diving. What, are you crazy? And what is scuba, what is mainstream scuba teaching? That you're going to die if you go past 130 feet and all and the other shit. Right in, and right in these days, yeah this, is when, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is when that was the definitely the story of. So that's what I mean by the, the I get what you. I meant by the golden age. Yeah, no worries. Golden was the romance age to me. Just that adventure, that that whole uh, archetypical scuba diver. Fun in the sun, you go out diving, and you, you come back, and you hang out with the ladies at the pub, and that's the young man's life. It's a young man's life, and young women's, too. I don't want to exclude them. They're welcome. But it was, uh, it was a, a cool time in that era. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. It became very popular because 
everything got super easy. And look at what happened to the quality of the diver, too, though. What did we start to see in the 90s and early 2000s? <laughs> Do you remember going to the quarry then? <laughs> train, train some divers? Ay, ay, ay. Well, I remember going to the quarry in the summer. It was a different time back then. <laughs> yeah. Not like summer today. Not like smooth sack summer. Smooth, smooth sack, sack summer. Smooth sack summer. Smooth sack. Smooth sack summer. Frankie and Annette and Brando and James. <laughs> smooth sack summer. <laughs> Listen, people, if you haven't heard already, it is smooth sack summer. Brando and I just had the Great Dive Podcast board meeting with our wives out at good old Mike's on the Water out in St. Clair Shores. Our wives. <laughs> They're the big wigs at the Great Dive Podcast. They're not the talent. They're the big wigs. Listen, when you're playing in the summer sun, you got to make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum, everybody. That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders in Below the Waist grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Brando, I know you're getting ready to go diving. You need to dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com. Get 20% off free shipping with our code TGDP. Baby, now that's smooth. Listen, now that you've got that perfect haircut, you can use Manscaped's liquid formulations to keep that freshness at the hottest of these summer barbecues you got coming up. Most importantly, using your crop preserver ball deodorant to stay cool in the heat. I wonder if it'll work on my head. That's kind of like the big ball. <laughs> kind of is. I think it will work. It's got that soothing aloe vera formula, and it's uh, the best in the business for below the waist, and I'm sure above the shoulders, too. And it's got a great, clean, fresh smell. A clear, drying formula. Keep you looking good, smelling good, yeah. You going to be uh, wearing some uh, flip-flops uh, this summer when you go out to the, uh, the beach pub like we went to uh, on Memorial Day? I had my flip-flops on, if you I know, and uh, your toes look good. You didn't have no nasty toenails. No, because you've been using your Shears 2.0 luxury nail grooming kit from good old Manscaped. They got it all, people. Get out there. uh, Get 20% off free shipping with the code TGDP at Manscaped.com. Everybody, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code TGDP at Manscaped.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys. And get on board or get left behind. <laughs> and uh, trim toe summer, dudes. Trim toe, trim, trim toe, toe summer. <laughs> smooth sack, smooth sack summer. We've talked to the people many times about how uh, rescue diver training is a great class. A good, uh, good program to get yourself into. It really will elevate, I think, most all recreational divers. Well, for sure. Here's a story where a guy was able to draw back on a little bit of his rescue training. Okay. Really helped save his life. Also, story about man's best friend helping out his brother of the sea. Yeah, I'm talking about dolphins, everybody. (laughs) But this reminds me of... uh, lot of divers back in these days in these the 80s 90s era you know jacket bc'd wet suited in cold water weight belt 
rough and tough, macho, mustached divers. It had been five months since my buddy and I had been diving. It was Thanksgiving weekend, and we both had four days off. We quickly decided to get away from our goddamn families <laughs> and go to Moorhead City, North Carolina. It's a quick decision. <laughs> but, honey, hey, it's uh, Thanksgiving. Hey, it's, uh... I've got the family coming. Sorry. But I've got the family coming. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I'm booked next year, too. Hey, Brando, Thanksgiving's coming up. Would you l- rather like to go to? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> but it's Thanksgiving. We plan to meet in the late afternoon on Thanksgiving Day. We drive straight through to Moorhead City, about 10 hours away. We got to sleep around 2.30 a.m. And we're up at 6.30 a.m. The dive boat was only about two miles away and scheduled to leave at 7. We quickly put the gear into the truck and stopped by a local mini mart. We wolfed down some donuts, coffee, and orange juice. That, uh, Remember these days? Yeah, dude. Dude, that. how many weekends did we do that? Or even weekdays? How many times have we done that? <laughs> Shit. Right, like driving two hours, rolling through the old Tim Hortons. Yeah, two hours. Those were the, the short ones. I mean, 18 and 12 and all the other ones. Going up to Tobe. Oh, yeah, those big long trips. Yeah, well, in Florida, of course. But, yeah. Man, when the, the teaching there, doing the fundies classes, there was a lot of that, just driving and driving, you know, drive to Boston. That's an 11-hour trip. Cape Cod. Right, yeah. Yikes. Anyway, yeah. R- roll, rolling in at 2.30, you get four <laughs> hours of sleep. Yeah, I got a two-mile drive in the morning. The boat leaves in 30 minutes. We just woke up. <laughs> exactly. Just coffee it up and uh, throw some unhealthy breakfast in you. I, I did steer away from the donuts for the most part after my my mid twenties. I started to move away from donuts, but now I stay away from the donuts too. But I tell you, those Boston creams they they call to me every every time I see them in that little glass case. The, they they sing the siren song when every <laughs> every now and I, I I break down like going back to a to a to an old girlfriend he never even really loved. But she felt good. <laughs> she tasted good. I should say. I don't know. <laughs> we could go down a very slippery slope of tasteless jokes, but okay. These these donut innuendos. Are getting... <laughs> yeah, but the Boston cream is surprisingly the lowest calorie donut there at Timmy Ho's. Well, I I am a bit of a health nut. I'm a, I'm a health craze. Give me just two of the Boston creams. <laughs> <laughs> can I get a dozen? Can I get a large coffee and a dozen donuts? Uh, Boston creams, please. I'm about uh, I'm, I'm on a diet. Can't you tell? Now, when we got to the boat, the weather was poor. It was cold, raining, and windy. The boat had only a captain, who was also the dive master. There was just one other passenger on board. A dive master from New York. As the waves buffeted the little dive boat, I remember we had not taken any motion sickness pills. I handed two to my dive buddy, and we washed them down with water. Now, the people should, uh, if they haven't learned already, that 
if you're going to take some seasick medication. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a jump on it. <laughs> Otherwise, those two little Dramamine pills are probably going to be the first two things that come popping out of your mouth in about five minutes. Yeah, that can definitely happen. And not too long after the boat was underway, the excitement we had felt for two days was suddenly gone. It was very cold. Neither of us had brought anything that was even close to warm except our wetsuits. In the harbor, of course, the journey was rather smooth. Once we reached the open ocean, I knew we would be in for quite a ride. The headwinds and high seas stretched the normally pleasant one and one and a half hour trip to at least two hours, maybe more. And finally, we found our dive site, a German U-boat. As soon as the boat stopped, I got sick. The dive master from New York saw this and was quickly off the boat and down under. My unfortunate behavior soon made my dive buddy ill as well. And he joined me in my leeward action. Now, so the, now the the New Yorker, he's got it right. I mean, you, you're on a dive boat, you see people start puking. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, get off the boat. Yeah, I can't watch him even. The, even the sound starts to get me to go, like, okay, I got to get away from here. I'm usually good for, you know, laughing at him for a couple of minutes and pretending like it doesn't bother me. But deep down inside, I'm like, I'm not going to sit around and watch this for very long. And luckily for these guys, it's windy. You know, you get those uh, calm, stale air spots next to the pukers. That that gets pretty (laughs) putrid, if you know what I mean. The pukers. Now, this is a tough call. You're You're out there in the water. Waves. Wind, cold. I'm going to say that getting in the water is probably going to warm these guys up. But a lot of times it's the last thing you want to do is get up and get that dive gear on. It's an understandable that it's a, it's a tough decision to make. True. The captain told us it was okay if we did not want to dive. We could just lie there and rest. I figured I should get off the boat and feel better. However, over the past few months, I put on a few LBs, if you know what I mean. My wetsuit didn't fit too well. Interesting. I managed, after a great struggle and a lot of sweat, to squeeze into it. Only after I was geared up did I check to see if my dive computer was working. And it was not. <laughs> Man, they're just winning, <laughs> winning and winning. Now, we should probably tell the, the kids out there that are getting into scuba nowadays and buying, buying their first wetsuit, that nice, soft, gooey, buttery, lovey, stretchy wetsuit that just stretches and engulfs around your body, making you look like a... Marvel action figure in that suit. Back in the 80s and 90s, even the best of stretchiest rubbered wetsuits was pretty stiff. It was kind of like it had the stretch of a piece of cardboard for the yeah. most part, especially if it was more than six months old. I mean, the, the stuff lost its flexibility pretty damn fast. Yeah, it became kind of crispy, actually. A little, a little crispy, but uh, 
It was a wrestling maybe match, a, too. Maybe a three mil you could get away with, uh, you know, getting on. But I remember back in the day of people trying to put on seven mil suits. Oh, yeah. And I remember it myself. And I always had a good wetsuit just because you know, I, I worked in the dive shop as a kid growing up. So I got a deal on them. So I could get the nice one for what most people were paying for the, you know, full price for the cheap one. True. And those were a pain in the ass. Yeah, there there just wasn't uh, the technology with the neoprene that we have today. So a lot of folks may or may not understand, like, getting into the wetsuit, especially on a boat, it was kind of fortunate that it was a little cooler out because that wrestling match was always, you were just dripping. You're just, and of course, you're in a wetsuit in the hot sun. Of course, it's raining there, so they don't have that issue, but regardless. I remember <laughs> this guy on this dive boat one time. I'm probably like 18, 19 years old. Him and his girlfriend, you know, friends of mine, they were a bit older. They were like in their late 20s, early 30s. He's like a big buff, you know, workout dude. She's like the 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 cute behind the counter blonde uh, at the gym receptionist girl, yeah. you know, kind of a couple. And he's getting out of his wetsuit after diving. And all I want, all everybody wants to do is warm up, and he he can't get his arm out of the <laughs> seven mil. He's like his like big muscles yeah. are like stuck in it. So he's stepping stepping on the suit and just yeah. pulling pulling pulling. Snap. Yeah. Snaps, snaps his arm back and clocks oh, her in the I've seen right, it before, too, yeah. Like, I, like, knocks her right in the face. She had this big old shiner the rest of the, the, rest of the dive trip. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor girl. That's a rough one. I've seen that more than once. Because, I mean, and... Again, they had top of the line wetsuits. Yeah, they just didn't. They were just a pain in the ass getting in and out. Of. Yeah, not not the nice ones nowadays, man. They're like stepping into a freaking spandex. It was time for me to get off the boat. My dive buddy was still lying down. I told him I'd hang on the tagline and wait for him. I went to the stern and got a giant boat throat. <laughs> boat throat? Hmm. Oh, there we go. Okay. I went to the stern and got a giant boat throw entry from a passing wave. <laughs> it's one way. Those graceful ones. Yeah. I meant to do that. Yes. Watch this, everybody. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, that, that should be an entry that's taught, the, the boat throw entry. Just to you know, time because it? A, a lot of times, you got to, sometimes you just got to time it and just fall and go, you know. Uh-huh. Or you can use the momentum of the boat, you know, going back up on that wave and, and kind of leap, you know. Have you ever done the little seesaw things like you jump, like at the circus, you got two acrobats using a seesaw. Right. It's not as simple as you just jump on one end and the other guy goes flying. The other guy has to jump up at the same time you're jumping on the other end. And then you can start getting momentum. And you can be up like 15 feet doing these jumps, even higher if you're really good. And if you could do something like that off that stern deck, so that wave comes and it's going up and you leap at the same time, you're going to go for a little trip. It might be pretty cool entry. 
you can perfect well, the, it. You, you've you've got to know and be aware of that because if you step at the other end of that swing, you're you're stepping right into a wall of water. You know, <laughs> right? And then that if that wall of water slams you back underneath uh-huh. that swim platform or back into the ladder to just kick totally kick your ass. Oh, you're not going to win that fight. I was going to say there's a lot of opportunity for uh, mishaps and maybe even being injured or worse. But there's also a lot of opportunity for glory there, you know? Oh, like if, if right at the, the height of that yeah. swim platform going up and you and you step off. You, you, you don't even step you off. Turn. You give a little leap you, and you, turn. You, yes, salute. You, leap, turn, <laughs> you, you spin with a, saluting the captain as you uh, enter the water. <laughs> 180 degrees golden uh, yeah you could make that look glorious you'd be the talk of the pub afterwards now you if you you could get a patch for that i'd go that's a patch i'd want right there glorious entry diver whatever <laughs> i salute you glorious entry diver i mean just think of it now on the other end of this I see this a lot with divers is they're getting out of the water. Mm. They get to the ladder and they have this need to want to tell the dive master or the captain or somebody on the boat, you know, right away that they're doing good <laughs> and uh, dive is good. I'm feeling good. Instead of keeping the regulator in their mouth. Right, they take that regulator out to talk. <laughs> Immediately, you take a face full of water, and then you can't. They drop it and can't recover it on the top. And side. then, yeah. and then, right after them telling how great, great they're doing, they're not doing so great anymore. No, especially salt water. You inhale a little bit of that. You're puking that up. So just keep the regulator in your mouth until you're completely back on the boat. Come on, folks. Come on, man. Fortunately, I had my regulator in my mouth. And I was held under for a few seconds by a series of passing waves. When I finally surfaced, I quickly realized I was in trouble. The waves, wind, and current were too much for me since I was weak from being ill. And the drama me. The dramamine, the puking on the boat deck, yeah. the, the the struggling to get in the struggling to get his fat ass into his too small of a <laughs> wetsuit because he porked out the last couple of months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and dramamine, I mean, it has especially back then, it's not the dramamine that they have now. Yeah, a lot of people would get sick just from the dramamine, they'd get queasy. Well, you get a little queasy. bit of a different type of a sickness, right? But it's it still, it, it it was able to make you sick. Well, basically, Dramamine was like Benadryl. It was in one of the side effects of Benadryl, which is uh, antihistamine. It's uh, the side effects is you get sleepy. Yes, yeah. very sleepy. You can have you can have one or the other. You can get very sleepy, or you can get a little like uh, anxious and uh, irritable. Benadryl makes me angry. Yeah. Oh, it makes me. Sleepy, so I I don't even take it, and I don't get I don't get seasick too much, so I'm pretty good with that. But I feel for the people that have to take it because it's nowadays they've uh, managed to minimize the uh, side effects somehow. 
they use a radioactive chemical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not getting sleepy. It's not drowsy. <laughs> not drowsy formula. When your forehead starts glowing, <laughs> we'll know. We'll know it's kicking in. I'm just kidding. I I don't know. We we, we could get sued by the uh, big pharma. Um, we should fully disclose we are talking about the generic over the counter version of Benadryl, not not the name brand, not the name brand Benadryl. <laughs> no sooner had my head cleared the surface than I saw the floating ball at the end of the tagline shoot by. Moving rapidly away from the boat, I began to flail and panic. The captain yelled something at me, but I was unable to hear him. Spitting out my regulator, I tried to yell back for help. But every time I opened my mouth, it filled with water. I could feel my eyes bulging with terror. Spotting the dive boat again, I wondered why the captain wasn't doing something to help me. Later, I realized he could not just abandon the other diver. No, you just can't abandon the other one. (laughs) But I need help. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when you get in those circumstances where either you come up and it's this is crazy wave action and current, or you went in and and it was that way when when you entered the water and you did a quick drop. Either way, when you get in those circumstances, you, you can't. You can't beat the ocean. You're, you may be working out. You may even be in CrossFit. That's not a cult. You may be in it, but you can't beat the ocean. It's undefeated. Yeah, yeah. so in, a, in trying to, you know, logically you think, I want to stay here with the ball. Right? This is going to keep me close to the boat and keep me safe. But holding on to the ball in that condition is going to beat the living shit out of you, right? Yeah, it can be rough. The biggest thing is to stay extremely calm. Don't fight everything. Um, if there's be a way, like the yeah, water. Bruce Lee, he's formless. It is formless, like water. Um, I don't do a great Bruce Lee. I, I should work on that. Be like water is formless. But but in these conditions, right? You have to know immediately where that tagline is. Well, yeah. And you got to stay on it, and then you've got to get to that. You know, the granny line, hopefully they've thrown a granny line that'll take you up to the bow that you can pull yourself up and along. And that's going to be a difficult, difficult fight if you have to stay working just yourself against those conditions. Yeah, a lot of times, like you and I, when we we jump in, we'll get back there and uh, we'll we'll try to get, you know, five, ten feet underwater, do quick checks or whatnot on the way down on on our entry. Because once you get underneath the surface and you get in a nice trim position, not much of a fight. I mean, the current has to be wicked to really do a number on you if you've got good trim and good buoyancy control. And then a lot of times, if we know we're going to be hitting current, we're bringing our scooters, you know. And I know not everybody's got a scooter or anything like that, but just know that these DPVs and learning how to use one, number one, is the biggest thing, but having good trim and using a DPV, that makes that current barely uh, and anything to even, you know, a, a bump in your road. It's barely anything. You just uh, you take care of business with that current. Just put the nose into the current and uh, hit the trigger and, and relax a little bit you, and then drift back a little, hit it again, come back. But Well, yeah, the getting in that water on the surface can be really chaotic. That water can be, like, total chaos with waves slapping in your face you want to say something but you can't take the regulator out of your mouth you're trying to unclip something or clip something on or or square something away 
pay attention to where you're at. It's it, it is nice getting into conditions like that and not having to fight it, just drifting away with it because you know you've got a real scooter. It's not just like a, a little toy that you're gonna go, wee! I got a scooter. It's not that kind of a scooter. This is like a real it's a tool tool for an, an environment like this, you know, where I can I can drift away for a few seconds and then buzz right on up to the to the line and down we go. And the biggest thing is you're not working, and we say that all the time. If you're working while diving and you're not a commercial diver, you're doing it wrong. You're doing something wrong. And being up on the surface when it's rough and there's current and and heavy wave action, you've got a lot more work to do anything up there on the surface than you do a few feet underwater. And most people, especially back in the uh, the rough and tough, macho, you know, golden age of diving, right – Divers would muscle through, power through, and a lot of people have that in their brain. It's like, fight, fight, fight. I, I have to get the dive. I got to do the dive. And they're just huffing and puffing and chest pounding and pounding, pumping. And the focus is so narrowed in on the dive must occur. That can lead to major, major problems. Well, yeah, and... Uh... It also highlights the need to be in somewhat good physical condition because you never know when you're going to hit this kind of condition. Yeah, this is a perfect. This is a perfect example. Hey, uh, we got a couple of days off. Let's go. Let's go do a dive. Yeah, I know a wetsuit's a little tough getting into. Put on a couple of pounds. Hopefully, it'll be really nice and easy. And then, wham, you get this. Wham. Well, you've you've got to figure out a way to deal with it. Folks would say, "Yeah, I, I just won't dive in those conditions." You can head out in glass. And during the course of the dive, you can come up, and it's the opposite of glass. Um, yeah, no kidding. What is what is the opposite of glass, by the way? Uh, <laughs> jagged, <laughs> mountainy waves. Yeah, that's exactly the opposite of glass. It's in the book. It's in the thesaurus as a sin as antonym. But um, no, you can enter in great conditions and come up in shit conditions that are really going to knock you around. And again, it just highlights the need to have some physical conditioning, you know, and have extreme comfort in the water and know that if you're working, you're doing it wrong. So you can't be struggling in those conditions. You have to use your finesse to your advantage. And that's buoyancy control. That's being streamlined. That's not having shit hanging off of you. And that's getting in the water and getting horizontal quick against, you know, when you're going into current. Those are like... Yeah, all basics, that stuff. Yeah, right. all that stuff works together, right? I mean, it's not just buying a DPV so that it makes it easier to swim <laughs> around. You got to have the, all the other equipment that goes along with it that allows that to work well with your configuration. Right. If you're just a you know the average shit diver that has no trim whatsoever and is not uh, hydrodynamically streamlined. Yeah, the scooter's probably going to make it worse. It's not going to help you. It's it's one more thing you're going to have to manage. And then but the last thing you got to have is the brain to know it's awareness, baby. Awareness and yeah. understand how you minimize that breathing and that workload. Know when you're going to have to call it quits if you're going to have to call it quits and abort that dive. Yeah, and and I, and I understand. You know, being an instructor. I don't expect new divers to be this way right in the beginning, but getting this information 
and taking it one item at a time, taking your buoyancy control at one at a time, taking your trim into account one thing at a time, a good propulsion technique, an efficient and um, not using those huge muscles in your legs, but just using, you know, a nice little a frog kit can give you great propulsion with hardly any muscle movement. All those things work together, and that's why we kind of preach them. The other side of this argument is just adequate buoyancy control, as they would say, which really is inadequate buoyancy control. And we take a lot of flack because of our um, our vigilance, if you will, or, or whatever you want to call it, on being horizontal in the water, especially during this time or in a current. If you're not horizontal in the water, if your trim is off and you're like a 35 or 45 degree trim diver, Oh, in a current? Goodbye. Yeah, it's dumb. It's it's and it's easily fixed. And the thing is it translates to all of your diving, not just being in this horrible current. It translates into regular no current diving into I just move like, you know, butter through the water. Butter. Finally, something kicked in me. Being a rescue diver who had gone through a rigorous course, I should and did know better than to panic. Dropping my weight belt, I popped up level in the water and could breathe air again. Now, again, dive in a, a thick old wetsuit. Back in these days before, you know, weight integration was a thing, you know, you, you had just the nylon belt around the waist. Uh, everybody was generally overweighted, so fighting and struggling. So you have this, to is a, this is a good move. So dropping the weight, knowing that he's, all right, I, I can't do this. I, I, I'm I've blown off the boat. Yeah. I'm ne- never getting back there. Dumping the weight so that he can get his head up and out of the water to, to, to breathe surface air again. Yeah, you have to be overweighted in a thick wetsuit. I mean, it's, it's inherent in, in, the, in the design. You know, you have to overcome the, the positive buoyancy of all of that neoprene. And then, again, we talk about this a lot. You get down to depth, the neoprene is compressed. You no longer have that buoyancy. So now you got to use your buoyancy compensator to compensate for the extra weight needed then. So you're wearing a lot of weight um, right off the bat. Which yeah, you've yeah. Got that's to why we around. don't. Yeah, yeah. That's why we don't teach you know people to really use seven mil wetsuits. Like if you need seven millimeters of neoprene, you should be in a dress. You, and and you like diving in that environment that needs that suit. You should really have the conversation with yourself of I need a dry suit. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, and. Um, yeah, dropping the, dropping the weights is something you got to keep in mind. Get getting your head above the water. Next, I found my regulator. Putting it in my mouth, I began to get my breathing under control. My next priority was to figure out how to either get back to the boat or let the captain know where I was. I remembered the best <laughs> swimming position in these conditions. Rolling over on my back, I began to kick with my fins. I had to kick really hard for a while. If you're on the surface, you got to you got to think of the hydrodynamics going on there, the streamlining. Half of you is, is under the water, half of you is uh, above the water, and the current, you're going into the current because when the boat's anchored like that, you got to get back to the boat, you're going against current. Right, right. all yeah, all the current of the whole ocean is taking you away from that yeah. boat. Yeah. So it's it's tough to swim against current half in, half out. That's why I said you get a couple feet under and be streamlined, neutral buoyancy, 
and you, you can go into the current a lot easier, a whole lot easier. I had a guy years ago that when I was teaching an advanced class back back in these days, these mid-90s days. Yeah. And, and, you know, he got blown off of a wreck, you know, lost his buoyancy, learning how to dive a dry suit, lost buoyancy, swept away. I, I trailed with him. Tried to get him under to get out of that surface condition water, you know, because we were just getting our asses kicked up on the surface. Blew through a, a, a whole tank just trying to swim, you know, on the surface. Oh, Lordy. To, to the point where you, you got to realize at some point, okay, this isn't happening. We're, right. we're going we're gonna to drift. Uh-huh. And we finally hit like a little, you know, cove. <laughs> <laughs> pulled it pulled in like we're gonna park it here along the rocks <laughs> blew up a marker bag and like a yeah just chill you know he's got eight other divers in the water right there he's not pulling off of here and coming Leaving, to get us we're, yeah. we're, we're gonna just sit for a while till they come get us you know yeah and that's i mean right there is the the value of keeping a cool head even if even if you can't go against the current you can't beat it you're just gonna have to relax let it go and uh, let the boat come and pick you up. <laughs> I mean, unless Uh-oh. you have a magical gift from the heavens. Poseidon looked your way. <laughs> Correct. When King Neptune comes from the bottom <laughs> and delivers you a gift as he's swimming on his back, the head's in the water. A fairy tale, a diver's fairy tale happened. Mermaid. I suddenly heard squeaking noises around me. Looking to my left side, I spotted six dolphins. No more than five (laughs) feet from me. I pulled out my WD-40 that I keep in my BC. About this time, I reached the tagline. Rolling over and sticking my face in the water, I looked for the dolphins. They were all around me. Laughing. There were four. (laughs) There were four larger ones I assumed were adults, and two smaller ones I thought were youngsters. They appeared as fascinated with me as I was with them. Two adults stuck close to the kids. The other two adults would dive deeper and reappear from unexpected directions. Often, the youngsters would come close to me within arm's reach. Once they got that close, the adults would nudge them away. Get away from the ugly man. (laughs) He's smelly. He smells bad. You'll catch something. (laughs) They carry diseases. Meanwhile, the captain had pulled me back to the boat with the tagline. I ran into sea nettles along the way, but the sting was barely noticeable. I removed my gear on the deck of the boat, very carefully held onto the tagline, and re-entered the water. I swam and played with the dolphins for 20 more minutes. Hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah, sure would. Now, I've never had the you know, dolphin experience. I've had seals, but never the dolphins. I've had I've had dolphins 
in uh, the Galapagos. Yeah. Amazing, just like this. You know, uh, we, we saw him, and we, we were geared up for a dive, jumped in the little panga, zipped out to where they were, jumped off. You're positively buoyant. Yeah. Masked, snorkel, fins. Very safe, even though the water was, you know, it was a rough, windy, wild day. Yeah. You know, kind of like this. He's way better in a position like that to be on the surface snorkeling yeah. with all that with all that rubber on than being dragged down by that heavy-ass weight belt. You know, the, the, the cumbersome scuba bcd that he's wearing and tank and all all that shit you well, know, now he can now he can be nice and comfortable and relaxed in the water he's yeah. seeing something to take his attention off of it he's not fighting against that that tagline ball well the gear is not streamlined right the gear presents an obstacle in the water it's like a sail almost for the current to catch and take you away even on the most perfectly neutrally buoyant and most trimmed out diver you still have that to fight against so let alone if you don't have that cleanliness in the water right well you're a much bigger footprint in the water right a fin print if you will later the captain said it was not unusual to see dolphins here but it was the first time he had seen dolphins stay around the dive boat he had also never seen dolphins be so playful with divers did they go down and get his weight belt for him you know it's probably like 40 bucks in lead <laughs> Aren't these trained? Are these trained dolphins? Come on. I thought dolphins were smart. <laughs> Go get my weight belt. Now, eventually, he says, I found out these were Atlantic spotted dolphins. Is he, is he some kind of dolphinist? Is that a bad thing? What the hell? Who cares? I thought these were intelligent dolphins. Wait, They're just these are dolphins. Atlantic spotted dolphins. <laughs> these stupid ass dolphins. No wonder they didn't get my weight belt. It is thought that dolphins are a good sign, a sign of hope. I certainly believe this to be true. He's like, I hope I never get put in this position. What happened to his buddy? His buddy I'm never glad- made it in the water, or what? I'm glad it wasn't those Gulf striped dolphins. <laughs> The Atlantic Spotted's are good luck. <laughs> the striped ones. Uh, you don't want those. But uh, so, what happened to his partner? We didn't hear too much about, about his partner in the story. What's going he's, on? He's still on the boat. He's still on the boat puking. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. I mean, last I heard, he was on the boat deck, you know, laying down. <laughs> yeah, he never got up. The, the guy from New York, the dive master from yeah. New York, jumped in. Yeah, what happened to him? He he went down, did his dive, came up. All by himself? All by himself. Okay. Would you want to be buddied up with, with this guy here? Of course, he, he's puking on the boat. Yeah, he just jumped in and went. <laughs> yeah, but I'd be like. Remember, this is the golden age of diving. Right. Yeah. I mean, but you you got to think, okay, this puts the captain in kind of a predicament. Like, okay, this guy goes down. What if he doesn't come back? You're going to send one of these clowns after him? Well, I mean. You can't do that. You can't a, leave the boat by, by, himself, uh, by itself and you jump in and go looking for him. Or are you just going to sit there and wait and wait when he doesn't pop up after an hour and a half? You well, know. that brings us to uh, kind of the heart of the discussion here, right? Like, so 
I thought dolphins what's, were at the heart. What's of the problem? <laughs> what, what's the problem with this whole dive? That he uh, had a big heavy weight belt on, or was it that he uh, didn't try his wetsuit on before he, you know, uh, signed up for the dive? Or was it that, you know, they tried to power through a dive when they were sick and ill? And where, where does this, you know, begin? Uh, getting on a dive boat with no dive master, no crew working the boat in conditions. Like, you could look at that and go, wow, should this boat have even have gone out that day? Yeah, and almost everything that has happened in this story, I've probably done in my Which is why you you make, yeah, which is why you and I make the decisions we make today that are different from the ones we would have made back in 19, mid-90s when this, this story's from, right? Exactly, yeah. I mean, today you and I would say, well, the captain and the crew on the boat are just as part of our dive team as the guy I'm swimming next to underwater. Right. And this is, uh, I mean, this should kind of show you, if you, it doesn't take even a leap in your mind to go, well, what if this one little thing happened? If just one more little thing happened with, uh, with your, our, our dive master going down by himself, now we have an issue. What if anything would have happened, really, on the dive, even, if this guy got down or all three of them got down? What is the captain going to do other than I'm just going to call for him? With, with, yeah, with, with no crew at all. It, it's something to consider. I mean, it's one thing if you're uh, you know, diving in your local inland quarry, small, tiny little lake. You might not need a uh, dive master that's got a surface vantage point. But are you too hours from shore <laughs> out in the middle of the atlantic ocean not great conditions yeah and not great it, you're gonna jump off of a boat with with nobody having a watch out because you got one guy's gotta gotta tend to the the boat he can kind of look but i mean if the the first guy popped up you know off the bow and, and takes the captain's attention. Now there's there's nobody to care for you. Well, on the other side of it is the That's captain. To consider, even yeah. if the captain has, to, if all three divers come up off, he's by himself. He might see him, but you know how it is in in even two foot seas, where that little tiny head out there isn't really visible. Okay, <laughs> it's absolutely. Difficult. So he's got to go back, untether himself from the mooring, and then uh, get back behind the wheel. And try to follow these guys that he saw. And you know how that boat travels with bow way up over where you can even see hardly. So how is he going to get out there and then navigate close to these divers without running them over? I mean, there's so, there's so much there that like, you haven't taken into consideration if anything goes awry. I guess my biggest thing to say about it is this is all for fun and recreation. This isn't like, we have to go do this dive. It's for, you know, whatever. I can't even think of many causes, even, even in commercial diving. You know, commercial diving, the big emphasis was, you got a sinus problem? Too bad, so sad. Take a squirt, man, and get down and take care right. of the business. Yeah, yeah, we'll... Uh, we'll- yeah, you can heal up in the hospital later. Yeah. This job's got to get done. Yeah, that there were, it was business, so it, it was a little bit different approach. And this is all recreation. And I understand it's business for a dive boat, but you got to remember it's recreation for your customers and you trying to make your fucking buck at the expense expense of their safety is not cool. I'm very grateful for that day of diving. 
The mistakes made were obvious. I learned to get proper rest, take motion sickness medicine at the appropriate time, pay attention to weather conditions, check equipment, not dive when ill, and among all else, never panic. And nobody chooses to panic, Brandon. It's, I do. You know, falling prey <laughs> to to these these issues that's going to lead to panic, but you don't get to decide it. Well, I that's pretty obvious. I don't think anyone's like, yeah, I want to go into full blown panic because it feels good. It, it doesn't feel good to be out of control of your emotions and your actions and your behavior and your thoughts because that's what panic is: is something else takes over. And you become very narrowly focused on one thing, and that's staying alive. And you do, you just make s- kind of foolish and bad decisions when that happens. Yeah, and it all stems from being able to breathe, being in control of your buoyancy, or being in control of yourself. So you're not sinking, you're not following, you're not choking, right? You can, which is going to help you be able to be aware of the situation. Yeah. And work with the conditions and not against them. Yeah, and so many things, you know, you start to open up this uh, pot of shit you've got to talk about going into panic. When it happens, it's happening due to a lot of things. Mostly things are not in your control. And in diving, you know, you're not in control of the ocean. But you are in control of yourself. You're in control of your equipment. You're in control of your skill level and your skill set and your mindset. So... And that was one of the things they didn't really talk about. I don't think he mentioned I'm going to approach a dive keeping in mind that the captain and crew is part of my dive team. So that's a mindset thing. And that's something we have adopted because we've made these silly-ass mistakes. We've done this. Yeah. And much of what is going on with this guy, I can say, yeah, I've been in that circumstance before. I've, th- I've done this. And, you know, fortunately, I've made it through it, but... um it was also the impetus for me coming to the conclusion, like, I'm not doing this correctly. And once you get that mindset, you can look and approach a situation like this and know where you have to make some changes to the dive plan. Right? But you can't, you can't do the same dive plan. Like, if there's a captain, a crew on the surface, a crew underwater with, with the uh, divers, uh, two different vantage points – you you if you lose those vantage points you would have to alter the way you're going to approach the dive right how do we take this story and encapsulate it in one sentence like a proper mindset is all that i can come up with you have to have a proper mindset approaching diving and that comes from learning from people with experience there you go yeah if miracles do happen two occurred that day i survived a dive that was doomed to failure and I had one of the ultimate highs. I dived with dolphins. On acid. (laughs) Dude. Dude, these dolphins were everywhere, man. They're purple and spotted and rainbows, man. It's a double rainbow. (laughs) Those are double rainbow striped dolphins, man. With spots. You never see that. Yeah, uh, it's a super high. Hopefully our listeners gain some kind of insight from these little stories that we've been telling and not go, oh, that's stupid. I'd never do that. And that's dumb. I'd never do that. Or I got a snorkel for that case. 
you know, or whatever ridiculous answers come back because it's very easy to find yourself in almost any of these circumstances, especially back in the day with the advent of the Octo. But even today, it's very easy. All you got to do is kind of blink and lose uh, lose focus of what's really important with diving, and you can be in this circumstance. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, uh, the, the water can change at any moment and completely change your whole world really quick. And you've got to be, yeah, you've got to be ready to adapt to it. Right. Learn that the hard way, and I keep it in my mind all the time. You know, learned it once, like went down, it was decent, you know, one-footers maybe. Came up, it was four to six-footers, and, and getting worse, and raining, and it, it's like it just came out of nowhere. And what was an hour-ish boat ride out was almost a three-hour boat ride in, so. Yeah. And even, even, I mean, even conditions, you know, in the water, I mean, when you start that dive, you know, having that right mindset is letting you be aware that, hey, no matter how much fun I'm having, all these pictures I'm taking, the cool sights, the cool things that are swimming past me, I never lose track of. I've got to be aware for what's about to happen at the end of the dive, which is the ascent, because I've got to do that correctly no matter what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I have to get back there. I have to get back home, so... Meaning, meaning air at the surface. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's very easy to become complacent, too, though, because diving can be super easy, and it's very, very forgiving, thankfully. Right, right. right. I mean, that's why we have the statistics we have, and uh, that's why the industry falls back on those statistics quite a bit. But we could be so much better with a little extra work. All right, everybody. Well, hey, we hope you guys enjoyed that little story. I'm not done with my lecture. <laughs> you sound like my kids. They're, they try to cut me off. I'm like, I'm just getting to the meat of this lecture, son. Relax. We Whoa, got a look hours. at the time. <laughs> look at the time here. Whoa, we gotta... <laughs> We've got a couple more hours. Socrates once said. <laughs> what? 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 Mom, mom, dad, mom's, mom's calling you, dad. Mom's calling you. We could go on and on, and we will. Let's keep moving. All right, give me your logbook. <laughs> Dear Brandall, get that goddamn golf striped dolphin away from me. I told you I only swim with Atlantic spotteds. Dear James, dolphins are a funny creature. Sit down. Let's let's have a chat. Wait, wait. I got. I gotta go. Wait, mom's called. My phone's yeah, ringing. My phone's yeah, ringing. Yeah, get in line. I just got a text message from Gramps. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Yeah. It's going to be my new sign-off. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando.
Blah, 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 blah,